What's up, everybody? It's your Draft Queens, Kate and Michelle, coming to you. Wow, Michelle, we are recording uh, at a different hour. There are no brews, no drafts on drafts in sight uh, for today's episode. We're uh, we're recording during lunchtime because we've got a little bit of time. We wanted to hang out earlier in the week, and uh, we have a very important conference to get to today in terms of our NFL conference breakdown. So, to kick off this episode, Michelle, how are you feeling? How does a lunchtime recording feel to you? I kind of like it, you know? Got my orange juice and my corn muffins, and I'm ready to talk <laughs> about the NFC East, because this is going to be a funny one, I tell you. I love that the first thing that you said to me today is holding up a corn muffin and saying, <laughs> I've got this corn muffin and some fresh blueberry jam, or blackberry Mm. It was Blackberry. It was Blackberry. I just feel like I needed to like announce that to you. I hate like getting on calls and like video things with food without announcing it. Like I don't want to be that weird person that's like kind of eating, but I'm not talking about it. So I, I just announced <laughs> it when Kate and I first got on our line pre pre mics being on just be like, yep. hey, I'm eating. I'm sorry. This is what I'm doing. And this is what I'm having. But now I'm fueled up. I had a little OJ. And yeah, that's I'm ready really to talk, good. Ready to talk, you know. NFC East, I would say like my division because I'm in the the East, you know, like if I were a Giants fan, then this would be my division. But this division just makes me chuckle and I can't wait for us to talk about it. This is a, dare I say, a titillating conference because (laughs) you know what? I was thinking the same thing before we recorded today. Uh, I was doing like prep work in my head and I kind of thought the same thing. Like this should be... In all, for all intents and purposes, as two tri-state gals, grew up New right. York, born and bred, we should be Giants fans, right? Like We should be. Because we're Yankees fans. So, okay, here's the... I was explaining this to someone the other day, right? It's like, for New York, you're either a Giants-Yankees-Rangers fan... Right, right, right. Or you're a Jets-Mets Knicks fan, right? Islander, Islanders, Islanders. An Islander. Oh, but what about the Knicks and the Nets? I don't even, I don't even know that. That's kind of that one's, that one's the same a little as gray. the other ones. No, the ones that you listed off. It's very funny. That is typically like how it works. I grew up a Yankees fan. Definitely had some people in my family that were Giants fans. I was never a Giants fan. If anything, I'd be a Jets fan if I was picking a New York team for sure. And then I was a Rangers fan, not an Islanders fan. Uh, interesting, but that's interesting. and I've been I just, both. I've been both a Knicks fan and a Nets fan, so that one's a push. (laughs) Got you. Okay, I thought you were definitely going to say you would be a Giants fan because it just, it's, it goes along with like Rangers, Yankees, Giants. Like that's just how it goes. I just hate the Giants. I think, I I think like maybe because it was like force fed to me when I was younger. And of course, when I was younger, I liked the Cowboys. So like I was, I was definitely on that bandwagon with Troy Aikman and, and uh, Emmett Smith. Like those were my guys. Oh, so yeah. My whole family was like, you can't be a Cowboys fan. You have to be a Giants fan. I'm like, why? I'll be whatever fan I want. So I think that's I why I hate the Giants just because everyone tried to like force it to me. And I was like, no, I do not like the Giants. Yeah. But you have a good point, though, because remember when we talked to Tim Hightower on the podcast, though, and he was talking about you were telling him about how you were such a big Cowboys fan back in the day. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like you are low key a Cowboys fan like you grew up with the Cowboys. So this I did. This whole division is so interesting for NFC East. We have ties to it. We have some ties to it. Yeah, I, I definitely always like low key 
cheer for for the boys because of yes my alliance to them back in the day i mean everybody was on the bandwagon back then like they were winning left and right they had a dope team all of my friends liked them so i was like i'm gonna like them too okay i'm into it yeah 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 i i hear you i hear you uh that's what i did with the titans that's how i became a titans fan so, Kate, before we get into uh, looking forward and backward at the NFC East, I just want to ask you a quick question and see if you possibly have just one thing that you'd like to share with everybody. Yeah, um, I have, uh, gosh, there were two things I wanted to share today. It was really <laughs> hard to choose between the two. Um, I'm just going to put a verbal note in here, Michelle, because I do want to come back to one of these just one things, <laughs> okay. but I'm not going to go into it because that's breaking the rules. Because you're not allowed. Yes, I'm not allowed. Um, but I did want to do a just one thing and it actually has to do with the jets more so than the giants. So Uh I shouldn't, I shouldn't do it today, but I feel like I should hold it in my back pocket for the next time we talk about the jets on a show. I, I want to tell you a jets related story and it's actually amazing. So, and I've never told you the story before. Kind of want to tell it just because we're talking about it, but I, I may hold it. You have to decide right now. Do you want to tell the jet story? You're allowed to. Or are you going to hold the jet story for another time? You only get one I'm thing. I'm holding it. I'm going to hold okay. it. Okay. Okay. I'm going to okay. hold it because today, today my just one thing is a hot, there's hot gossip on, on the rumor <laughs> okay. mill today in, in football. Uh, but also this may be, I mean, there may be developments about this by the time this podcast launches. But as of today, uh, I was reading this morning about this kicker and we all know this kicker because he's one of the best kickers in the NFL right now. Youngway Koo, who is on the Atlanta Falcons, and yes. also very interesting. Just one thing: I went to high school with Youngway Koo. He's Wait, way what? younger than me, but we went to high school together. Yeah, and now he's famous. What? So I know it's pretty. It's pretty wild. So you were there uh, at the same time. Uh, I think he is fairly. I think he's way younger than I am. Okay. Least. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So you weren't, you weren't physically there at the same time, but you went to the same high school. I got you. He definitely was not in my grade, but I can't tell you maybe he's two, three, maybe four years younger would be my wow. guess, but he, right. we could have, we could have gone to the same. I mean, I, I may have seen him kick for our high school football team. I just don't remember. Just saying at the time was not a household name, but now he is. And so he is in all of the, he's in NBC sports headlines this morning because apparently his Jeep was stolen in Atlanta. Did you see this? Wait, no, that's so upsetting. As a fellow Jeep owner, I feel very badly. I know. And the worst part of it all is that poor Youngway had his cleats in there. And I feel like your cleats, (laughs) if you are, if you're a kicker or a punter and you lose your cleats, it's way worse than for any other player losing their cleats. So his cleats were in his Jeep and he now has, I, I he posted on Instagram if you want to see what his commentary about this is, but he posted a picture of his empty parking spot where his Jeep was not parked because it was <laughs> stolen. And the caption is, MFs, motherfuckers, stole my Jeep, <laughs> SMH, shaking my head. Uh, and then he said, quote, can you just bring my cleats back though? I won't even be mad, bro. Just bring all my cleats back so I can go kick. 
Oh, oh my God. That is terrible. Why would you do that? Uh, whoever is out there, if you're listening to our show, you MFer, bring the Jeep and the cleats back. You MFer. Exactly. You bring that back. He needs to kick. And so if you are living in Atlanta or greater Atlanta area and see a black Grand Cherokee with the license plate, RZA4953, you could help solve the missing cleat caper of Young Way Koo. So please, Do the right thing. please, community, kick, just pitch in, pitch in for this one. He needs oh it. Oh my goodness. Wow. What a sad, that's a sad story. What's the purpose of that? Give the man his cleats back. Give the man his cleats. But that's the only thing I had to say today. I will save my jet story. Uh, okay. But I thought it was, I just, I, I chuckled at it because he was asking for the cleats, not the car. But okay. Well, speaking of sad but funny things, let's talk about the NFC East. <laughs> that is such a good setup. And speaking, yeah, exactly. I uh, mean, let's just let's just start here, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so as we say every time we do a breakdown, you cannot look forward without looking backward. We like to do a recap so everyone is remem- reminded of how last season went. Last season in the NFC East, the Washington football team in their inaugural season uh, finished in first, followed by the Giants, then the Cowboys, then the Eagles. Okay, great. Yes. Now, yes. let me remind you of their of their records because oh every single one of them lost more games than they won. You're Ladies shitting and gentlemen, me. Nobody finished at 500 in the you NFC East. You are shitting East. me. Guys, no. Seven and nine, six and ten, six and ten, four, eleven, and a tie. And don't even get me started on ties. Maybe we should do a drafts on drafts on ties because ties should not be allowed in professional sports. But that's for another time. You're nobody kidding me. Finished at five hundred in this division. Come on, this is pathetic. <sighs> that's pathetic. Have we Get seen together. a conference? We haven't done a breakdown where any of the teams are less than 500 across the board. I mean, Absolutely this is the first not. one. This is so it, the worst one of all time. So would, Which would, I'm pretty sure can, we said last year, too. <laughs> and maybe, we were right. We should rank the conferences at some point. Like, which divisions Ooh. are best and worst when we go through best and most. all of them. Uh, yeah. Well, we, we know where this, spoiler alert, this one's going to be the worst. <laughs> Okay, so Spoiler who's the alert. who's the worst of the worst? Do we want to start with the best of the worst, or do we want to no, start with the worst just, of the worst? This is the worst of the worst. We will we will rank all of the conferences when we finish, which will be which will be in another week when we wrap up with the NFC West. Then we'll then we'll get into it. But again, spoiler alert: this one is the worst. No team, I repeat, no team in this division finished at five hundred or better in the twenty twenty season. Now, all of that said. Should we talk about what 2021 looks like? We hope someone can finish at at least 500 this year for crying out loud. Yeah, and maybe, maybe if I were to take a guess or a stab at who that might be, I think of the four teams, my money is so annoyingly on the Washington football team. Okay, interesting. Mine is not, and I will tell you who mine is on after, but let's talk about the Washington football team. Why why is that the team you are thinking, hoping, guessing, wishing, any of those words finishes at 500 or better this year? I mean, I'm hoping that it's, I, I, I think it's the Washington football team. If I were to put my money on someone, I hope it is like, I would really, I would really like to see the giants be good this year. Now that Saquon's back. I don't know. How about you? 
Well, but what gives you? I, I want to talk about the. Well, let's talk about Washington. So, okay, what, right, what's, what's, what's kind of making your your gut tell you that you think that one may be? Oh, the I team? see. What are some? What are some of the offseason moves that that you know have you thinking that? I got you. Okay, I follow now. Um, I think that I think <laughs> I just had to rephrase the question. For yeah, you. you know, it's it's not my it's that lunch it's, time. It's that lunchtime recording. Uh, yeah, exactly. I got that lunchtime lull. <laughs> um, I just think. Uh, I think that the team, all things considered, were, uh, first of all, I like Ron Rivera. I like the guy. Um, okay, okay. And so with that in mind, I think that the the folks that they've signed this year, uh, between Adam Humphreys from the Titans, uh, they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick in lieu of Alex Smith, and uh, also Curtis Samuel. So uh, it, just in general, like, part of me is feeling like there's still Antonio Gibson on the table, there's still Terry McLaurin. Generally, I think it's a pretty solid offensive core. Um, but that's that's my that's my hot take on it. How about you? Do you have a feeling on the Washington football team? So I have a very different feeling than you. So Interesting. I I'm looking at this quarterback situation, and I've said this over and over again. I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is so hot and cold that you just can't assume that this is going to be a good thing for them if mm. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the 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 starting quarterback. Sorry for my stutter there. Jeez. Um their their backups are Kyle Allen and Taylor Henke, neither of which make me feel excited either. So if you are in a situation where Fitzpatrick just isn't magic because he can't he's not always fits magic if he's not I don't really feel great about these two backups so that to me is a very very big question mark for mm. this team just generally yeah. speaking huge huge question mark and then to your point you know you mentioned a couple of the other guys Antonio Gibson JD McKissick great great names in the backfield um you know uh, pretty pretty did pretty well yeah. establish the the the, the uh, run game last year. Um, I think both of them could have some upside this year. Uh, I like your boy Adam Humphreys, you know, and obviously Terry McLaurin is is fire out there. But again, Terry and Adam Humphreys can only be really good if the quarterback's really good, right? Yeah. You know, so it's sort of a trade off. So I feel there are definitely some strengths here, but I think the quarterback position is really weak and questionable and so that that's really kind of where I have to scratch my head yeah I got to scratch my head and just be like all right I I mean I see I see some potential here but you know if if Fitzpatrick does what Fitzpatrick does that's like two games on one game off two games like you just don't really know what you're gonna get from him and if you're not getting what you want I do not think there's a strong backup option Mm -hmm. there that's a good point. So so you basically are are hanging your hat on the not argument, but the feeling that the quarterback is going to be deciding for how this team does. I I will say just like the only thing I can say about the hot and cold Fitz Magic situation cuz we've seen it a, I think he's been a on million s- times. nine different a million teams times. literally. Totally. I, I do feel like historically though, even if this is not the best team in the league, which it won't be, he does consistently finish at 500 and above. So the Dolphins okay. last year finished 10 and 6. I I feel like uh, he can start to elevate the team, but I don't, again, like there's no team that I'm like, yeah, 
Ryan Fitzpatrick at the at the helm, they're going to be a you know like a Super Bowl team. That's just not. I know. The reality. It's just it's just like at what point does like that magic just go away? I mean, he's been at this for a long time, like you said, and it's a lot of teams. And and if it happens to be this season, you know, the Washington football team is in not very good shape. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's my question mark on them. I think. There's definitely some strong pieces there. It's just going to be for me that that quarterback question is how is that how is that going to get them to to, to 500? I I agree. To 500? I agree. Yeah, kind of uh, up in the air. Well, speaking of teams trying to grasp at getting to 500, unless there's anything else you want to say on the Washington football team, how do we feel about the Giants? This is the other one in this division that I'm kind of, or this just the NFC East that I'm kind of like. Could be interesting. Could be. I mean, I was doing the research, doing some research this morning. And as I was going through it and chuckling at, you know, all the other things we've been chuckling at, I came across the Giants, didn't realize quite how many offseason moves they made. And we'll run through a few of those names in a second. Um, But I, I think this team, this team has on paper, this team has to be 500 or better. And in my opinion, this team has to win this division with 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 what they've added, you know, in the offseason. Um, you know, they brought uh Kelvin Benjamin on from for the wide receiver standpoint, uh Corey Clement uh on in the backfield, Kyle Rudolph in the tight end spot, not to mention Evan Ingram, yep. Kenny Galladay in the wide receiver position. Oh, and by the way, Saquon's coming back. So, I mean, again, on paper as I was going through it, I was like, wow, they really made some Really strong additions, in my opinion. Saquon has been posting nonstop. His thighs are basically as big as me. I know. I, he's ready. He is ready to come back. And honestly, last year sucked. I was so bummed. I had Saquon on my team. What a bummer to see him go down. He has been working his ass off to get back into shape for this season. You could tell he's excited. You could tell the whole organization is excited to have him back. He's going to be a huge huge piece of the puzzle for them this year and now they've added some other really strong names like I don't know I this team has to be at least 500 this year in my opinion yeah but it goes back to like the, I think I feel the way about the Giants that you do about the Washington football team I just feel like our dude Danny Danny Dimes Daniel Jones he's got to be Danny Dimes this year he has to throw 10 out of 10 passes he can't be Danny, Danny Pennies. Otherwise, this team is just, it's all for naught. But it is, like, yeah. you make a really good point with all of these offseason moves that, quite frankly, I also lost track of because the Giants have just been, like, so lackluster, especially without Saquon last year. I haven't really been following them. The only person they really lost is Golden Tate, you know? The rest of the bench is pretty deep in, in terms yeah. of who they've picked up. So my... Uh, my concern is, again, in the quarterback position, can Daniel Jones step up and start to thread the needle? I mean, here's the thing. He's in, like, his third season. I feel like at this point he's settling in fairly well. He wa- he has been somewhat inconsistent, but he does, you know, have the tools necessary to be a winning quarterback. He can move a little bit, except for that time that he fell down, but we won't talk about that. Sorry, Danny. (laughs) We won't get into it. But he can can move. He can throw it. He's got some weapons. He's got Saquon back. I don't know. I mean, this team, this team to me really should be, you know, at the top of this division and definitely better than 500 and bettering their season from 2020. 
Yeah. Um, do you think that there's anything to be said for their defense? Uh, I'm just running through the names right now, and I don't really, I'm not too familiar with most of their defensive line or just their defense in general. Um, so I wonder if there's something to be said there. And maybe this is somewhere there- where I should just go back and do some more research. But they did pick up like a... Their second round pick was an outside linebacker to protect Danny Dimes. You know, if Daniel Jones just has a little bit more time, I feel like defense could be just between offensive line and just like holding other teams back, you know, from scoring. Yep. If we yep. if that defense can just get it together, kind of, you know, hold the line, give Daniel Jones more time on offense and his offensive line to protect him. I think like the entire team, like all ships must rise for this team to be really good, but you know, it's only, it's only Daniel Jones's third season, like he said. So some protection from the offensive line and some time from the defense, uh, I think just holistically is what this team this needs this year. Yeah. I'm with you. I think, I think they're going to settle in pretty nicely props to them for some really strong off-season pickups yeah. and can't wait to see what Saquon's going to do this year. Uh changing gears a bit here, uh a team that didn't really seem to have a lot of moves in the off-season are the Dallas Cowboys. The obvious off-season move, but it's not really a move is that, you know, Dak's been recovering. Again, it's like a similar like to the Saquon, you know, situation for for this fan base, I think, and for the team. They're just super excited to have him back and being healthy. Obviously, the Cowboys have signed him to a pretty massive deal showing that, you know, they're they're he's their guy, you know what I mean, and they believe in him. So, I think that alone sort of helps spirits rise for the Cowboys because again, I think if we talked about this last year on paper, I would have thought this team was great. But 100%. frankly, they just weren't, you know? And so the question now is, you know, with Dak coming back, can he be the the guy they need him and want him to be? Zeke, hi, you were awful last year. So like what goes on there, you know? <laughs> they they really just made – it's all to say they really did not make a lot of offseason moves. What I noticed the most was their draft picks this year were heavily, heavily defensive-focused. So clearly that was something, you know, that they wanted to work on and build on. There really is not a lot to report that's new on on the offense. So, you know, that tells me they're pretty happy with where their offense is at. But, again, you got to win more games with, with, with these guys. I mean – Okay, you're the Cowboys expert, so I'm going to ask you this because I'm looking back at really like not even last year, but even the 2019 season, the Cowboys finished 8-8. Eight and eight. They finished 500. Last year, mm-hmm. they finished sub-500 for, I mean, unfortunate reasons, but there was no Dak Prescott, and Dak Prescott is the franchise tag, you know? So between 2019 finishing 500, 2020 season finishing sub 500. What do we think is going to get this team across the line? Because you're right. On paper, we have, I mean, the wide receiving core is amazing. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, unbelievable. And then by committee, if we take it to the backfield, Zeke, Tony Pollard, really impressive. The whole team is filled with weapons. So what is it going to take for this team to be an A-list team? I think consistency, to your point, like they're not they're not playing as strong as they should. So I think consistency is going to be a big thing here. And then, I mean, you're the girl that always talks about coaches. Like, what do we think about Mike McCarthy? Does that make the big right. difference that they're looking for? Maybe. Maybe. May- maybe it does. You know what I mean? So I, it's very interesting. You're right. The Cowboys have this 
you know, they just have this tendency to finish at the middle when they really shouldn't be finishing shouldn't. at the middle. Um, and and in a in a conference that's like arguably not that competitive, maybe more competitive this year than in years past, they should be doing better. Like, there's no reason they should have finished below the Washington football team last year. Sorry, like I agree. There, I agree. There's just no reason. So I don't really know the answer to that question. I do know when I read the names and I look at who it is, I think this team should be doing way better than six and ten. Maybe Mike McCarthy, maybe Dak. Zeke needs to step it up. You know, C.D. Lamb's now in his second year, and man, did he have a great first year. So maybe that helps, you know, the more these guys get get kind of settled in with one another. But, yeah, um, again, this is one of those ones on paper. They should 1,000% be finishing at least at 500. Yeah, I got to – I mean, for the Cowboys, when we get to the end of this episode predicting how they finish – uh, I I don't know yet. I think actually we need to talk about the Eagles and I'm going to figure it out in real time because they are a big, okay. big question mark for me because nothing, something is broken, but I can't figure out how to fix it for the Cowboys. I just yeah. can't. They shouldn't, um, they shouldn't be finishing sub 500. They just shouldn't. So I'm with you. I'm with maybe, you. Maybe we talk about the Eagles to try and suss out, you know, where each of these teams fall. But the Eagles, again, like for me, I think I'm kind of biased. Um, I love. I have so many friends from Philadelphia. I love you to death. I've, all of you listening, I, I know you are. Uh, but any Eagles fans out there, I have a hard time not being biased against hating the Eagles. I just do. <laughs> so I'm going to try and like take this as uh, nonpartisan as possible. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I think everybody hates the Eagles, especially if you're from New York. You're just, you just, it's not even the Eagles necessarily. It's like Philly fans. It's just, sorry to all of you, but like, just stop being such jerks. Yeah. Then they don't have to hate you so much. But yeah. big offseason news for Philly um, is, you know, that they traded Carson Wentz to the Colts, which we talked about in, in another episode. Uh, you know, that was in an effort for them to get some stronger um, draft picks, both in this, uh, this year's draft as well as next year's draft. This team definitely has some building to do um they agreed to terms with jordan howard i sort of feel neither here nor there on that i think that jordan howard is a little bit past his prime um in my opinion in in the running back situation they also signed carry on johnson that could be an interesting Mm -hmm. you know pickup for them they do have a lot of running backs on the squad i'm going to be interested to see what happens during, you know, training camp and who makes the final roster, you know, and and see what that looks like. Because there's a lot of running backs on this team, arguably too many, in my opinion. Um, But, you know, maybe they're kind of spreading it a little thin, knowing that, A, Jordan Howard isn't what he was a few years ago. And, you know, B, someone like a on Johnson hasn't necessarily had his breakout season yet. And, Maybe he still could, but I mean, you still have Miles standards. You still have Boston Scott. Like, there's a lot of guys on this team. So uh, I'll be interested to see, you know, sort of what they do um, in the uh, in the running back, you know, situation. On the flip side, I feel like when I look at their wide receiver core, I see nobody exciting and nobody interesting. So I, are you hanging on to some of these running backs to try to make a trade? Like, what are we doing here? Because I see nobody interesting on this team to catch the football this year. Um, well, I would hope, okay, it reminds me a lot, what I've, as you've been talking, I'm like, wow, this really reminds me of, again, going back to 2019, but the 2019, uh, uh, 49ers, and so having, like, a Jalen Hurts at the helm kind of reminds me of, like, a Jimmy G a little bit, and having a really, 
I mean, a really robust running back core by committee. I think I, we never knew who was going to run the ball for the 49ers, nor did Fair. we last year. But even two years ago, like it was just kind of a a coin toss. You you don't know who's running the ball. So in that way, I feel like they're mirrored. Um, and also like the Zach Ertz situation as their tight end. That is the person that I would look at if I were Jalen Hurts. Um, I think it will be interesting. The only spotlight I would shine on wide receivers is uh, their first round pick, Devonta Smith, who is incredible. And hopefully that kind of adds another weapon. But mm-hmm. I'm with you, Michelle. Like I'm not really screaming about anyone else. I think it's really Zach Ertz or Devonta Smith from my perspective do I like Travis Fulgham yeah absolutely but again it's not really I'm not shouting about this receiving core so to me if we're comparing it to anyone it's the 2019 49ers and uh you know that worked out pretty well for them if you can really get your your running core going but we'll see how it plays out I mean it's a it's a lot of new players playing together for the first time I, I don't really know this one is also kind of a question mark for me yeah, a little bit. And it's again, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Jalen Hurts. You know, there was definitely some flip-flopping last year. We weren't really sure who's play- is he playing, is he not playing. Obviously, them trading away Carson Wentz shows you that they they want this to be their guy. But, you know, arguably then this would be the first time that he is the main starter, you know? And you got whatever, you signed Joe Flacco for a year. That's like your, okay, just in case situation, yeah. <laughs> you know? But th- that's a lot of pressure, you know? And and what happens with uh, with that pressure? Like, will Jalen Hurts be able to step up to it? We obviously saw some incredible stuff from him last year, so it'll be really interesting to see how he steps into the the spotlight with, uh, with the Eagles this year. Yeah, I agree. And, and, will, and will we miss their receiving core that were released, the Alshon Jeffries of the world? How will their receivers step up remains to be seen but it is interesting to to consider and now the fun part kate now the fun part after talking through all of this two things before we predict what finish where they finish this year do we think at least one team will finish at 500 or above they have to I, lightning cannot strike <laughs> twice for finishing across the board less than 500. So yes, hard yes. One of these teams will definitely be 500 or better. Question is, who is it? I mean, oh, geez. Let's I start at the really top. I really struggle with this. I'm struggling. Who do you have? Who do you have finishing in first? I mean, it's either the Washington Football Team or the Giants. I think it's going to be the Giants. I think the Giants are going to step it up this year. I think on paper, if all of this works out and Saquon is full health and Danny yep. Dimes has the time to, if he can do it and he has the team behind him to be protected and his defense actually steps up, then the Giants are scary. And I could see them finishing first. Sure. All right, we're going to, but you want, you want me to leave you up there as maybe Washington first or what what do you think? I was just about to say, I would, I would still put my money for top two at the very least is the Washington football team. And again, like I kind of want to vomit saying that, but that's how I feel about it is. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Maybe top two for Washington football team for me. Like, I don't know why. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. All right. I, we're this is an interesting one. We are all over the board on this one because I, I I think the Giants have the best chance of finishing at number one, and I think the Cowboys come in at number two. I think they figure their shit out. I think they play it up big for for Dak returning from what he returned from last season. I think that's going to be a game changer. 
Mm, so maybe the thing that we definitely agree on is number four, which is the Eagles. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we do agree on that. We do agree on that. But again, like it really, there's a lot of X factors here. I mean, I, I don't feel confident really with any of my predictions for this for this particular NFC East situation. Um, mm, I, I just don't know. I would say one, two, three, totally up in the air for me. But I would put the Eagles in the four spot because the wide receiving core just doesn't look exciting to me. And I don't think they All need right. four running backs. Fair. What about the three spot? Do you do you think the Giants are better than the Cowboys? Um, it's like on paper versus reality, you know? I mean, <laughs> exactly. on paper, absolutely. I mean, the Cowboys are solid. Uh, but put them in the three for me because... Because this is, I, I'm just, I'm going to ride the Washington train. I'm going to ride All right. it. This is going to be a fun one for us to look back on. I think this yeah, is the most is. discrepancy that you and I have had thus far in our deciding here of uh, of where everyone's going to finish. But you're right. There's a lot of interesting stuff on paper. And then what does that translate to when they're on the field? We'll, we'll see. I we're don't just know. All, we're really just pulling for you guys to at least finish at 500. For, for please. Yes. Somebody, please. <laughs> We're not rooting against any of these teams. We just yeah. want you to be better. So just <laughs> be, be better. better. You can fall anywhere in these ranking predictions, but please just be better than 500. Yeah, try to make it a little exciting to watch this year, guys. Come on. Yeah. All these teams are very exciting when they're good. But, you know, we'll see how it works out for them, Cotton. We'll see because no crystal ball, as always. We This is the least crystal ball I feel like we've had this entire uh, in this entire stretch of doing these episodes and breaking down these conferences so this Mm. one will be this one will be a toss-up we'll uh we'll definitely report back and see how we did on this one but that uh that wraps up the nfc east that's the end of it and so uh we've got we've got one more of these right michelle this is uh we're just pulling into the finish line of going through week over week every friday on draft queens obviously we're breaking down every nfl conference Go back and listen to the other episodes if you haven't yet. We've done six other conferences already. Uh, And next week, we are going to wrap it up. That's going to be the last week of July. It's our last conference breakdown. And come August, Michelle, we're going full football mode every day, every day across the board. We're going to get everybody ready for fantasy and ready for this season. So... Stay tuned every Friday at 8 a.m. in your feed. And don't forget, we are now launching episodes also on Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Just a little extra something for your earballs. But if you don't follow us already on Instagram and Twitter, you can find us on Instagram at the Draft Queens and on Twitter at the underscore Draft Queens. Uh, and, you know, we're going to have a lot to chat about when it gets to August and we enter training camp in preseason. Uh, so lots of moves to be made, Michelle. And as always... This has been fun. This has been one of the most fun ones. So I'm looking forward to wrapping it up next week on Draft Queens. 